Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello there. Welcome, everyone. Happy Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So good to see you. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, tonight's recommended beverage, ladies and gentlemen. I'm drinking, once again, I'm afraid, I'm white trashing the shit out of it. I'm drinking a nice, cold, ice-cold Budweiser. Tonight's recommended snack, a Kung Pao noodle with chicken and habanero chilies. The best of both worlds. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this Wednesday edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. Thank you for sharing the show out if you did. If you didn't, well, that's okay too. I guess you can stick around. I hope you had a lovely night. I certainly did. I certainly did. I actually got some sleep for the first time in about three days. Uh, for, for people who watch The Starting Block, that's a show I do once a week with my old dear friend, Greeno. Yeah, I had to can it. It was, it was on me. Because, like, after the show yesterday, I messaged Greeno. I said, man, I can't do the show. Like, I haven't slept in two days. I've got to, I'm going to start work late and sleep in. And I ended up getting, like, five hours, so... Woo! Good. Yeah, I like Bud. People always say, people always try to tell me that Bud is terrible, but I've sampled all of the like the, the mainline American beers. I like. I don't like to drink the same beer too long. I have a few that I go back to all the time, but I if there's you know I like to go and just cruise around the liquor store when it's time to buy a case of beer. I'm like, oh, I've never tried that one before. Let's give that one a go. Never tried that one. Let's give that one a go. And Bud is probably like one of the three that I keep going back to. I just think it's really light, easy drinking. It's refreshing. It doesn't sit heavy on you. I like it. I like the taste. It goes down well. So, fuck yeah. Mm. Cause is nice as well, though. I will say, Cause is nice, but I prefer Bud. But not Bud Light. None of those, you know, sugar-free diet shits. You know, the original one. Oh, you're drinking tea, says Platinum Mary. Thank you for joining us. Tonight's going to be one of those shows because I've got so much stuff that I've just accumulated over the last couple of weeks that I haven't been able to get to because things keep popping up. Whether it's Iran, whether it's something else, it doesn't matter. Like, things have been dominating the schedule. So I've, I haven't watched any of the impeachment trial. Am I, am I wrong? I, you know what? Hats off to the people who are watching the impeachment trial. I probably will get into it, you know, maybe over the weekend or stuff and stuff. I'll try to catch up on it. Uh, I'm reminded um, my good friend, the voice of reason, Adam J, who I do a different podcast with, The Common Discourse. Um, he once told me this term, scandal fatigue. And that keeps sticking with me. Scandal fatigue, scandal fatigue. And I think now, like, I can recognise that I'm feeling scandal fatigue. And I thought I never would, you know what I mean? I'm a political junkie. I love it. And whether it's here, the UK, Europe, the United States, doesn't matter. 
I try to keep across politics as much as I can because I, I just, you know, find it interesting. And <laughs> I now find myself, you know, when it comes to, like, like it was, if it wasn't Kavanaugh, it was something else. You know what I mean? Then it was Russia. It's just been, if you, if you step back, I've, I think we can step back and look through the history of the Donald Trump presidency, like now, three years in. It has just been three years of continuous scandal and letdown. Scandal and let like scandal without substance. That's what it's been, three years of it. It's like three years of people being forced to read magazines at a hair salon. The meandering minutiae gossip stuff without anything real. Like without, there's no, there's no smoking gun in any of them. There's no silver bullet in any of them. Black Banner in the chat says, it's the same scandal though. Nah, not, no, it's not. Like Ukraine had nothing to do with Brett Kavanaugh. You know what I mean? The allegations about Russia had nothing to do with the Ukraine. So it's not really the same scandal. I, I get your point though. But there's never been a smoking gun, a silver bullet. There's never been a, a, a full stop on any of it. The scandal just peters out to be replaced by a new scandal. I remember having a conversation with a lefty friend of mine, and I this is how bad it's gotten. I forget which scandal they were talking about now. This was only like six months ago, but it was whatever scandal it was at the time. Like it might've been Stormy Daniels. That was another one, right? Michael Cohen, whatever. Whatever scandal it was at the time, I said to them, look, look at what's been happening for the last two and a half years. What's going to happen is this scandal will peter out and your attention will be shifted onto the next scandal. And when that happens, you'll be getting in contact with me again saying, oh, look at this stuff. And I said, that's why I'm not engaging with it because I know this is going to happen again. And they're like, no, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. This is the scandal. This is the one. This is the one that's going to bring him down. This is what it is. Roger Stone's another one. Thank you, Piper Ohio. And sure as shit, it was like a month later and I'm getting inboxed again. And it was a different scandal. And I said, look, this is exactly what I said would happen. Oh, no, 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 you don't understand. This is different. This is a, this is new. Like this is new evidence. This is a, this is a real scandal. I'm like, you're doing the exact same thing again. <laughs> so I don't know. I do have scandal fatigue. So hats off, tip of the hat to the people who can sit and watch um, Senate hearings. I, I usually can. I probably would rather watch Senate hearings about budget or about some kind of debate than this, but I'll probably catch up with it over the weekend. See how we go. Mm. Uh, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to bore me with details about the inch, uh, impeachment proceedings, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. If you'd like to leave a tip for tonight's show, there's a couple of ways you can do it. DLive.tv slash Boogie Bumper or the link you see down the bottom here, streamlabs.com slash Boogie Bumper. Got some fun stuff for you tonight. A little bit of fun. Let's, let's see how we go. Um... Where shall I begin? Where shall we start? I tell you what. Let's start here. Have you ever considered <laughs> I, I know you have, so it's a fucking loaded question. 
Do you ever get frustrated with how litigious we've become in the modern world? And it seems like these kinds of stories, like the next one I'm about to show you, just pop up in all Western countries now constantly. It's almost as if the culture of all Western countries in a legal sense have become more closely aligned than they've ever become before because there's been there's ever-increasing amounts of ridiculous bullshit lawsuits that people try to file. I have to show you this story. Oh, don't worry. We'll get to this guy. You're going to love this guy. Mum says petrol stations are sexist because huge pumps hurt her small hands. Do you even pump, bro? Feel the pump! Guys do like girls with small hands, though, but guys don't like girls who complain about petrol stations being sexist. So she's caught in like a grey area. You know what I mean? Melanie Morgan from Southwest London finds herself with a nasty pain in her hands after she fills up her Ford Tornado, I've never heard of one, independence at the large diesel pumps. A mum is accusing petrol stations of sexism because their huge male-designed pump hurt her small hand. It's male-designed. <laughs> very sexual, the pe- the petrol station. The gas station is a very... Se- you're taking out this big thing. You're putting it in a small hole. Fluid comes out. I can see the connection. Because their male-designed pump handles hurt her small hands, forcing her to get her partner to fill up the van. You mean forcing her to get her partner to be a good man, like to be a good husband. That's what she's saying here. You know, the petrol, the, the pumps are so large, I have to force my husband to fill up the car with petrol. Oh, you mean you're forcing it? They're forcing your husband to be a gentleman. I see. <laughs> you can probably just imagine the guy too, like sitting there. Yeah, you fucking do it. I can't be bothered. I'm not I can't be bothered getting out of the car. You go fill it up. But the pump hurts my hands. Oh, do you ever stop moaning? Fuck me. Nag, 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 nag. <laughs> it's only when she gets back in the car and her hands look like claws. Oh. oh. He's like, oh. She's always going way over the top. Melanie Morgan struggled to grasp a petrol pump to prove to partner Jared Griffiths that filling up their Ford Tonera independence was a strain on her small hands. The 31-year-old private tutor accused garages of everyday sexism. I didn't know there was different levels of sexism. Is there weekend sexism? What kind of... Do you think you can get away with more vulgar sexism on a Saturday than you can on a Tuesday? I think you can. Give it a try. Do <laughs> you know? You know what's funny about this stuff to me? These stories are always presented like this is the norm. There's a lot of females in the chat, right? I I, I want to ask this question of the ladies. Ladies, I have never met a woman that would say something like this. Have you ever said something like this? Or have you ever met, you know, do one of your girlfriends care about everyday sexism? Don't, don't forget it. Even forget about the petrol pumps. Just that term. Has anyone, any female that you've ever known in your entire life said the word everyday sexism? I've never met one. Where are these people coming from? Where are they? I don't know. 
Kim in the chat. Thanks for joining us, Kim. I hope he shows Nadler talking to an invisible person in his chair at the hearing. Is this real? Did this really happen? If if Nadler was talking to an invisible person in the chair at the heating, please send me that on Twitter. See, that's good. That's the kind of impeachment stuff I would like to see. If it's people just saying, well, according to bar line number 47 here in the uh, in the code of conduct, well, you see, you can't introduce a new uh, reference to evidence without first getting it confirmed by the secretary. I'm not interested in that. But if we can get Jerry Nadler talking to dead people, I see dead people, then please, absolutely, we will cover that. <laughs> See, it's a, it's a wall-to-wall no. Nobody's ever met somebody like this. Where are these people coming from? Who are they? It's become such an issue for Melanie that she's planning to buy an electric car to avoid filling up at the pump again. So I guess the petrol company is saving the environment now. Well done. The big evil gas corporations by having their male designed pumps made only for a male because they're engaging in everyday sexism are effectively saving the planet. They should get a round of applause. They should win a medal. Greta Thunberg should give her next uh, her next speech from the roof of a 7-Eleven. The Southwest London mum of two said, I have fairly small hands. I'm short, five foot three, pocket rocket. So I'm fairly small generally, but I imagine there aren't many men who have the same hand, size hands as me. There's a picture. This is the evidence. I mean, she makes the girth as far as I can tell. It doesn't look like much of a problem. I don't know. How often do you fill up at the pump? Once a week? Twice a week if you drive a lot. Diesel fuel efficiency is much better than, you know, petrol fuel efficiency. So she probably doesn't fill up as much as other people do. (laughs) Comment in the chat, which I tend to agree with. Just quit bitching. I don't know, maybe the, the, now that I've seen the picture evidence, I'm probably more on the side of the husband. Oh, stop your fucking moaning. Nag, nag, nag. <laughs> there you have it. Mum says petrol stations are sexist because huge pumps hurt her hands. See, we cover the real news here. This is the real stories here on the Daily Boogie. The next thing I want to show you comes direct from down under, and I think you're going to love it. Because I've shown stories from the States from time to time of like people putting displays in their yards, people offending people on their own private property. And we now have a a situation down here, which is taking the country by storm. It has captured the imagination of a nation. So I want to present to you the Nazi next door, the lovable Nazi next door. <laughs> Let's have a look. Let's let's see what's going on in, you know, downtown outerlying suburbs, otherwise known as 1939 Berlin. Let's have a look. It's disgraceful and disgraceful. Detestable. detestable. A Nazi flag flying above an Australian suburban backyard. It's been described as absolutely disgusting and pure evil. I hear a lot of descriptors here. De- what was it? Detestable, despicable, disgusting, pure evil. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, legally? What's the standing legally? Just just, uh, just inquiring. Inquiring minds want to know. 
Detestable, disgusting, evil, illegal. Yeah, well, uh, well, it's it should be. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> so, what does the man who put it there have to say for himself? What do you, what do you have to say for yourself, sir? <laughs> Listen, to, I love the music on these shows. <laughs> to let you know, it's really serious. This this guy. This random dude flying this flag in his backyard. This is something we all need to be concerned about. <laughs> half the country, half the country is burnt to the fucking ground, but this this is the stuff here. This is what we need to be angry about. Boom. Put your camera down, you <laughs> I don't know. I think I like him. <laughs> Think I like this guy? Put your fucking camera down, you cunt! <laughs> Why is it that I never see Nazis, modern day Nazis? Because there's a lot of bad things we can say about the Nazis, but one thing that you can't say about them was that they were poorly dressed. You know what I mean? The Nazis of old knew how to dress spiffily. I mean, they were always well shaven, for one. Always with, you know, clean, pressed shirts. Brown, obviously, was the t the colour of choice. Uh, the nice black jackets, the nice polished boots, the dress pants. They always looked presentable. But now when you see Nazis, they're either, you know, shaved head. They've got nose rings, chains hanging around everywhere. Thank you for coming. i see you in hell. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that we should adopt the Nazi platform, but surely we can adopt a little bit of, you know, personal, a little bit of the fashion sense. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with looking sharp for the camera? What's, lo what's wrong with looking good on television? Right? <laughs> it wasn't all bad. They have gloves. Yes, they have gloves. They used to take care of themselves. Ron, Reedison, Ron Peterson in the chat says, he's a bud drinker. <laughs> hey, there's no need to do that, Bill. Uh, another tick. Another tick in his column. This is absolutely disgraceful they fly that bloody thing. Don't <laughs> touch her. I'm more than <laughs> touch her. Often <laughs> leave people alone. <laughs> Start, I am starting to like this guy, I've got to admit. See, the... Part of the problem is, if I don't get offended at the flag, I may as well be flying it. That's where we are now as a society, is this collective outrage, this shared outrage. If you're somebody who's not easily offended, you you may as well be on everybody's shit list. Like, I don't care. I wouldn't even care if I lived next door to the guy. Someone will come over and go, oh my God, what's that? And I was like, yeah, no, nah, it's not my yard. It's the next door neighbor. He's all right. He comes over for the barbecue sometimes. He's a bud drinker. You like him. He likes Budweiser. Did you bring the bud? You know what I mean? But if you don't share in the in the hyped up outrage machine, which I'm always trying to push back against, because let's be fair here, it's a bit of material hanging, flanging in the wind. You know what I mean? There's no need for this. You don't have to go there. Piper Ohio, he'd be fun to drink with, probably. You can, you can tell by his girth that he can probably put them away rather easily. He's, he's not a one-and-done man, you know what I mean? He brings a six-pack and he leaves nothing in the fridge, at least, minimum. So, you know, 
Ah, fucking disgrace. Ah, people screaming on TV cameras. Get a grip, man. <laughs> Not that bad. These goddamn grifters. Oh, thank you for the subscription, Clean Jack. Welcome aboard. I swear to God, I was going to jump his fence, pull the thing down and burn it in his driveway. Yeah, yeah, see, now you're the asshole, though, right? You're the asshole at that point. That flag that this guy has in his own backyard on his own property, you don't have to like it, right? But at the point where you're like, I'm going to jump over this guy's fence, take it down and burn it in his driveway, you are the one that is being the prick. You're the aggressor at that point. That guy's backyard is his island. That's his country. You're now stepping into his country and pointing fingers and attacking. You're the prick. You're the aggressor. He he is morally in the right. He's done nothing to you. He's done nothing wrong. But people think because they're upset, it justifies whatever action. And those are the same people who would point to people that you know are on the other side, perhaps politically or culturally, and say, because they're upset, it doesn't justify their action. It only justifies mine. I'm the only one that can act on my impulses and nobody else can. And nobody can say anything about it when I do. These are the entitled, uh, you know, single cell organism replications in human form that now populate planet Earth all around us. Unthinking automatons who act only on stimulus alone. Never a conscious thought is processed in their mind. They feel anger, they act out. They feel guilt or jealousy, they act out. And that action is justified because they feel it. And again, if anybody like would, would push back against that, they're the, they're the problem because you're not recognising my feelings. It's all bullshit. In an unassuming Aussie backyard, the most vile symbol of evil flies... The most vile symbol of evil... The violin music playing in the background. Hi. Everybody's furious about it. A Nazi flag emblazoned with Hitler's swastika erected by... It's, no, it's not Hitler's swastika. Somebody else designed the swastika, you know. Like, that's an old, 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 old thing. That's been around for, like, thousands of years, man. <laughs> We can, we can attribute a lot of things to Hitler. You know what I mean? We can attribute a lot of bad stuff to Hitler if we want, but we don't have to, like, pile it on. He also designed the swastika, you know. And uh, I'm pretty sure the other stuff that's in, you know, accepted historical uh, textbooks and stuff, I'm pretty sure that's enough. <laughs> Throwing the swastika on the pile, I don't think makes it worse, you know what I mean? <laughs> Let's just stick with the real stuff. He didn't design the swastika. Like he was sitting there with a, like he was sitting there with a pen and paper. Mm, let's let's do this. Should we go with the chicken? No, no, no. I don't like the chicken. No. How about if we add another line here and another line there? Oh my God, he's a genius. He's a marketing genius. Why are you a dictator when you could be working for the advertising company? What's that? It's run by a Jew. Ah, oh, okay. So Goddamn Thank you for the subscription, Jennifer Briggs. Welcome aboard. By this man who's clutching scissors when we dare ask why. Read the sign, get like off the... Put your camera... <laughs> He's got the eagle in the front yard as well. Just, just for that extra touch. Hey, 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 hey. And they're flaunting it in the face of 
people who were in a concentration camp, it's just oh. disgraceful. Ah. It's terrifying to think that in Australia in 2020... Mm. We- that someone would exercise free speech even though others find it offensive, I know. It's terrifying. We have individuals walking our streets who are proud worshippers of Hitler. Walk, they're walking our streets. Are they doing anything except walking the streets? Are they committing crimes or genocide or break and enter? Are they punching people in the face? Are they dragging people out of the streets? Are they smashing shop windows? Are they doing any of that? No, no, no they're just flying a flag and walking around. Oh, okay, I can, I can handle that. <laughs> maybe we should focus on the people who are actually committing crimes, maybe, perhaps. I don't know. Is that That's an idea. <laughs> I'm sure the cops have got more things to do than patrol the area looking for people who are wandering around, <laughs> just not doing anything. Welcome to Pula Population. And, you know, I get, like, I'm not a callous person. I'm an empathetic person. I get that people would find it offensive, but it's it's a priorities thing. Like, your your individual level of offence is not enough for me to throw out freedom of expression. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, I just put freedom of expression for everybody above you as an individual. I, lo- I respect you as an individual, but if I have to respect your individual wishes at the expense of everybody else now and into the future, that's something I can't do. So I get that you find it really offensive, but the, the question is that the answer is the same for me, whether it's one person or 10 million people. If 10 million people were really offended, I would say, sorry, freedom of expression. Because one day the offended person is going to want to say something or display some kind of flag or do something. And when one million people turn around and say, that's offensive, they shouldn't be allowed to do it, they'll be the one complaining. Oh, it's not fair. It's not fair. I just wanted him to take down that thing because I find it offensive. I don't know why you find my thing offensive. Be reasonable. That's not how it works. I was having a chat with somebody uh, earlier today and, you know, off topic, and we were talking about people like to say shit like fuck around and find out, and people like to say shit like talk shit, get hit, but they really don't mean it. They really don't mean it. People say talk shit, get hit. They talk shit. They get hit. And then they pretend like they're the victim. Thank you for the diamond uh, word smiter. They talk shit, they get hit. And then they, oh, what are you doing? That's not fair. It's unjustified. And the same people say things like talk shit, get hit. Fuck around and find out. So they don't really mean it. What they really mean is I want to be able to talk shit and have nobody reply. I want to be free to talk shit. And if I get hit, that's not fair. That's what they really mean when you get down to it. It's just a sad fact. Look around you. There's so many people who do. Under 400, a tiny farming town four hours' drive from Melbourne where there's only one general store, Uh. one post office and one very angry (laughs) neo-Nazi. It's like a quaint little town, you know what I mean? (laughs) Wow, honey, what an adorable little town. Like you're looking for somewhere to retire Maybe you want to switch to the country life. You know what I mean? You got the pamphlet there. (laughs) 
and it's an adorable little town in the foothills, just a, just around a hundred miles out of you know inner city Melbourne. There's a lovely a qu- there's a lovely quaint general store. There's a lovely ambiance in the town. There's just one bar and one shop and one saloon and one neo-Nazi. <laughs> and then they show this guy, put your fucking camera down, fucker. It's wonderful, honey. I think it'd be a lovely place to raise the children. <laughs> Are you a racist? No. No. You're not a racist. It's a very despicable flag you put up there. Well, have you put it up, Bill? Not hard. Bill? Bill? It's a very despicable flag you put it up there. Bill? Bill? To see why Bill is probably the most hated man... <laughs> Lee's in the chat with a bunker. ...man <laughs> in town. Well, have you put it up? A lot of people are offended by it here. No, nobody has come here yeah. and even said anything about the flag. <laughs> <clears throat> to be fair, Bill... To be fair, to, to be fair, Bill. Maybe the people aren't knocking on the door for a reason. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put the Nazi flag up, and if you, if you don't think that I should, come and say something. <laughs> it's, it's one of those situations where they're both right. You know what I mean? Just because nobody's knocked on his door doesn't mean that they're, you know, <laughs> not offended by the flag. Maybe they're like, honey, will you go and tell this guy to take his flag down? I'm not knocking on that fucking Nazi's door. Are you kidding? <laughs> he might shoot me in the face. I don't know what's going on over there. Look at his flag. I'm not knocking on that. Nobody's knocked on the door. Kind of both right. Not even a neighbour, not even mm, nobody. Okay. So just-, just just the show, just the television show. <laughs> so <laughs> not even a neighbour, not even nobody. I, 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 I've got to admit, I like the way this guy handles the media. I like his approach. He just he just chased the camera off his off his property. Fuck off, put the camera down. And they say, "Well, why why aren't you uh taking the camera down, Bill? Why aren't you taking the uh, camera? Why aren't you taking the flag down, Bill? Nobody's come to my door to complain. Nobody's complained about it. Not a neighbor, not anybody. So fuck off." <laughs> to the point, succinct cannot be misinterpreted cannot be misconstrued it's just it's just there no, nobody has come here yeah. and even said anything about the flag not even a neighbor not even mm, nobody okay so just that's a lie <laughs> these are his fed up neighbors only hours earlier ah. so i'm asking you can you take it down ah it's not a good look for the town not in shot though Oh, stiff fuck the town. <laughs> Bill's partner, Cheryl. <laughs> well, they, they didn't ask him, no. They're asking the missus. They're asking the wife. And like a good wife, I'd like to think that Cheryl, the wife, you know, privately is like, honey, could you please reconsider having the flag? No, fuck them. I'm having the flag. I don't give a fuck. So maybe I'd like to think that she's the good wife who like privately doesn't like the flag, but when confronted by other people, stands by stands by her man. You know what I mean? Stand by your man. Fuck him. Fuck the town. Now I'm having to defend you, Bill. Now I'm out there having to defend the flag. I don't even want the flag in the first place. I just wanted a flower pot. I wanted to plant a nice pine. But no, you had to have your fancy flagpole. 
and your fancy Nazi flag. It's made like headline news. All it's nearly international now. Nearly international. Good. <laughs> Maybe she works for the Bueller Tourism Board. Good. I've put this shitty little town on the map, then, haven't I? I, I like I like this couple, man. I like this dynamic. I've got to admit. She's very quick. <laughs> this is international news now. Good. Now everybody knows about the town. You should be thanking me. She reckons it's not her flag and she can't take it down. She is the good wife. Yes. <laughs> I mean, this is like the perfect couple. The man obviously believes in free expression. The wife stands by her man. She helps out the local tourism. She helps the local economy by bringing tourists into town. I mean, the five or six people who would have been in this crew to go down and film this piece probably brought, bought lunch at the general store in the one shop. So they they saw, you know, a 25% rise in their economy. You know what I mean? Well, Thank you for joining us. Bill, can we discuss I'll this flag, please? Yeah, he's put this up. He's gone to that effort, but he's hiding just, inside. He's just a coward. Well, he's, he's just sta- he's standing in his own backyard. Come out, you coward! What, what do they, they think this is like the storming of the Bastille or something. Why don't you come out and fight? Why don't you fuck off my lawn? How about that? (laughs) He's in the right. They're walking up to his fence. They're yelling at him. Get out of there. Come on out. So he, and the presentation. So he hangs this flag in his own yard and now he won't even come out. Let us stick a camera in his face and abuse him. He must be a coward. (laughs) What makes this even more shocking, shocking, just a few metres away from Bill's home lives an 83-year-old Holocaust survivor. He's now suffering constant flashbacks. Uh, He's too terrified to leave his home. Uh, and this poor bloke here, uh, he's still got the tattoo on his arm yep. from being in a concentration yep. camp. Both his parents were gassed, mm-hmm. right? He was next. He's quite upset. Yeah, look, again, I feel for you, man. It's not good. I get that. It's a shitty situation. The flag flying in that yard is probably really intensely offensive on levels that people can't even imagine. I understand. I feel for you. It's not good. I wouldn't want that either. But free expression. I'm sorry. Free expression. Your feelings do not trump the rights of other people. I'm sorry. That's why we have the society we have. Because free expression, right? It's why we need it. He wants to be left alone. He's made a statement to the police. He doesn't want any trouble with anybody. And we have to remember that for a Holocaust survivor, seeing the Nazi flag is as scary and as frightening as being threatened with a gun. Frightening. Bill has been proudly flying his flag for several weeks, used as an emblem by Adolf Hitler and his German Nazi Hitler. regime following the state-sanctioned murder of... <laughs> Angie Kate, the chat. Is his yard dirty? <laughs> Six million Jews. <laughs> to me, it symbolises terrorism. 
terrorism. Do you condone mass murder, Bill? Do you, do you condone mass murder, Bill? While it's left an entire country outraged, troubling. I don't know about that again. You know what I mean? It's left an entire country outraged. Eh. Eh. Don't think most people even knew about it until now. Is he isn't breaking any laws? Fuck off. off. The police turned <laughs> up as we were filming. See, it's it's taken three and a half minutes into the into the into the story, right? It's taken three and a half minutes to get to the to get to the point where somebody said he's not breaking any laws. But that but that doesn't matter. Just because he's not breaking any laws doesn't mean he can be allowed to do it. Just because the pumps at the fuel station aren't breaking any laws doesn't mean they shouldn't be banned. It's We've completely, we've found, a, through a fence, we have found a way to circle around, completely circle around the legal system. We've found a way to remove legality from the equation with outrage instead. Outrage is the new legal system. Outraged people are the new juries and media is the new judge. The media will judge which jury decision is correct or not. The media oversees the proceedings and the outrage is the court case, is the legal system. That's where we are. Yeah, outrage, despicable, disgusting. Go fuck him. Oh, he needs to be taken down. I hate this. Oh. Is it legal? Yeah, well, doesn't, doesn't, ma doesn't matter if it's not illegal. Doesn't matter. Let's say that he's in favour of mass murder. Yeah, let's do that. Because fuck him. The trouble is he isn't breaking any laws. The, the, the trouble is he's not breaking any laws. Oh, what an inconvenience. That's the trouble. The trouble is not the outrage. The trouble is not people not respecting free expression. That's not the trouble. No, no, the trouble is we haven't made a law to subdue free expression yet. We haven't made, we haven't made hard enough laws to crush people's free expression yet. That's the trouble. That's the problem here. I love it. I love him too. Shirtless in all his glory. Fuck off. This guy really knows how to deal with the press. I like this. The police turned up as we were filming, pleading with Bill to do the right thing. See, not do the legal thing, do the right thing. Thank you for coming. I see you in hell. They didn't. If the if you're breaking the law, the cops the cops don't plead with you. They don't beg you to stop breaking the law. They arrest you. So they're now coming over, begging him to do something that they find morally good, or at least the people who complained to the police. The people have called the police in order to enact some kind of moral retribution in order to infringe on somebody else's rights, like a personal offence squad. And because he's not breaking any laws, they just have to go over there and plead with him to comply. But they can't arrest him. What an inconvenience. What a, what a terrible inconvenience that must be. Are you finally taking the flag down, Bill? 
What made you do that? And see, and now rub it in. So is he taking... It looked like he was taking the flag down and now he stopped. Are you taking the flag down now, Bill? Huh? Why are you doing that now? Huh? What changed? Was it the was it the police? Was it us showing up? Was it us sticking a camera in your face? Was it the police harassing you? Huh? Huh? Is that why you're doing it? Huh? 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 What are you scared? <laughs> like, like if he does what they want now at this point, they'll hate him even more. Was it all the neighbours who were sick of you? You're leaving it up now. But he won't let his ego take a hit. Retreating inside and up. <laughs> Drew Jackson's chat in the chat. Thank you for joining us. Sorry I was late. I was installing a flagpole. What did I miss? Asking an officer to remove the flag instead. Wow. But the damage has already been done. See? Putting Bueller on the map for all the wrong reasons. Well, no, I saw the general store. The general store looked lovely. It was a very quaint, you know, tidy little town. It looked very nice and peaceful. A nice place to raise your kids. So, so now they've taken the flag down. Now they're just rubbing salt in the wound. <laughs> in the first few minutes of the story, it was, look at this bold-faced, awful person. Look at this bold-faced, awful person with his free expression. He doesn't even care. He's got no empathy whatsoever. He takes the flag down. They're like, huh, look at this pussy. Somebody comes over and tells him to take the flag down and he does it. It's like he doesn't even believe in it or something. It's maddening. People are maddening. The, the sane, rational people are on an island which is constantly shrinking. Some people blame climate change for this shrinking. I don't know. But the, the island is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller for the sane, rational people. And people are just dropping into the ocean as it does as cliff faces break away from the waves. It's not our town. We'll just be happy to see him go. Yeah. Bill and his partner only relocated to Beulah in the past year. Ah. Locals who were born here say... Yeah, that's, that's the thing in the country towns. I'm sure it's the same in the States and in the UK and other countries. New people who arrive in the country towns... <sighs> It's really difficult to win their... It's really difficult to get on their good side, you know what I mean? Some people live in country towns for 40 years and aren't on the good side of the locals. And it's like, how long's that guy... How long's Bill been in the neighbourhood? Well, Bill's been here for about, gee, 35 years or so. Thank you for the diamond, Ben K. Veritas. Yeah, Bill's been here a while. Bill's been here about three decades. His kids went to school here. Uh, his, his eldest son married my niece. They're a lovely family. Uh, we go over there for Christmas and holidays. Yeah, I think he's been here about 35 years. Oh, okay. So you, you must like him then. Well, <laughs> I don't really know about this guy. <laughs> I mean, sure, he's been here 35 years and he's, you know, the family seems nice and everything, but I don't know if I can trust him. <laughs> That's what it's like in country towns. You never, you're never really on the inside. You're never really there. They have no place in their No community. place. Get out. Get the fuck out. When we out. were kids, we, we saluted the flag and uh, sang God Save the Queen. You know, anything else is just rubbish. Yep. I think that we are facing the mother of all threats. <sighs> the mother of all threats. 
I would like to go through a list of threats with you, numbered one to four, and I want you, if you could, there's no wrong answer here. I'm going to go through a list, one to four, of potential threats to us, which may or may not be described as the mother of, of all threats, okay? One, nuclear war. Two, AI. Three, civil war. Or four, retired man flying Nazi flag in his backyard in a small town in country Australia. <laughs> now, put the number down in the chat which you think is the mother, which represents the mother of all threats. Nuclear war, AI, civil war, old guy flying a flag on his own property. You decide. What do you, what do you think? I'm just going to wait for some of the polls to come in. <laughs> Vibro hires put them in order, which I like. Black Banner in the chat. Someone's going to the climate change re-education camp. We all are. The, to save money, they'll merge all of the different re-education camps into one. I'll just be in the climate change block. You know, you'll be in the socialism block. Somebody else will be in the economy block. Somebody else will be in the free speech block. And we'll get to mingle at lunch when we are allowed for yard time. So I see a lot of... <laughs> Kimmy in the chat, four, made me shake. Cameron Brownie says four, they say the old guy with the flag, with the flag in his backyard. It's mainly ones and twos, nuclear war, AI. So the mother of all threats may be hyperbolic. Thank you for the ninja guinea sleep lady. Very generous of you. The mother of all threats, ladies and gentlemen. Old guy in his backyard flying a flag. Well done. We're all doomed. We're all going to die. <laughs> Staying on the topic, I want to bring you this story, which this, this may be higher in the threats list than the old guy flying a flag in his own backyard. This comes from Spiked Online. <coughs> I've spoken about Spiked Online before. Uh, the editor I really like, Brendan O'Neill. He's like a center, he's like a British version of Tim Pool, but more edgy, if you know what I mean. Arguably, uh, some of the concerns about like immigration and culture and stuff are probably a little more pronounced in the UK right now than they are in the United States. So that may be why uh, edgy British Tim Pool is edgy British Tim Pool instead of just Tim Pool, if you get me, if you follow me. So he's the editor of this magazine. Turning students into a woke Stasi. Sheffield University wants to pay students to police racial microaggressions. Yeah. Yeah. Just what we need. A monetary incentive for people to rat out other people for saying things that somebody else infers as racist. That's really what we need on university campuses right now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, we aren't, we aren't throwing enough people out of university. What if we create a paid secret student police to go around and police microaggressions? They will earn a, a commission for every, you know, dissenter that they cuff and bring in. What a wonderful idea. A, a friendly word of warning to black students thinking of applying to the University of Sheffield. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Racism is endemic at this university. 
you'll be confronted with racist abuse everywhere, in your accommodation, the library and the student bar. Racism at Sheffield University is apparently so rife that the Vice-Chancellor has had to resort to paying students to police not just the words, but also the thoughts of their peers in a bid to get to grips with it. Are we are we hiring mind readers now? Because I picture people like dressed up like uh, travelling show gypsies who read crystal balls, just just fitting in on college campus, just wandering around with their big purple robes and their big turban, you know, <laughs> with a third eye painted, clutching a crystal ball, just drifting in and out. There's, you know, lavender incense emulating from the back of their outfit. Just, just try to fit in. The university has announced that it will employ 20 of its own students at the generous rate of £9.34 an hour to tackle racist language on campus. It's like, it's like the secret hall monitors. The qualifications needed to become a, quote, race equality champion. <laughs> I love, I love, I love the way that these social justice types manipulate language. It's, it's so obvious and so bad. The, the reimagining of terms. You know, you, you start with the simple ones, right? Um, I think it was George Orwell. No, it wasn't George Orwell. It was uh, Bernays, right? Because the Department of Defense used to be called the Department of War. And he was like, no, you, you change it to Department of Defense. Sounds like, you know, it, it gives a completely different complexion to what we do. I'm like, oh, that's, that's good. They changed police force to police service, right? There's always a redefinition. So instead of saying, you know, microaggression police, instead of describing things as they are, the propaganda is inherent in the titles themselves. Like, you don't have to see a 30-second political ad to be watching propaganda. You don't have to watch a marketing campaign to watch propaganda. Look at the title of the person who wrote the ad. That's your propaganda. So we're hiring people to go around and police other students looking for racist language. And we're calling these employees race equality champions. Race equality champions. Who could possibly be against that? Who could possibly be against a champion of race equality? I'm a supporter of race equality. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm a champion of race equality. Ooh. Huh? Oh. <laughs> Thankfully, details have been provided about the role so we can make a guess at the skills required. The informers will be informer. You know that my balls are red, so lick my bum instead. The informers will be expected to tackle microaggressions, that is, comments or actions which might be unintentional, but which can cause offence to a minority group. Unintentional. Sheffield's Vice-Chancellor, Cone Lamberts, said the aim of the initiative was to, quote, change the way people think... Change the way people think about racism through initiating healthy conversations. Brett, Brett Harris in the chat's already on it. What's a healthy conversation? Well, obviously, a healthy conversation is one that's heavily policed. <laughs> see, the language again, right? I would see, I guess it's personal perspective, right? For me, a healthy conversation is one that's engaging with no holds barred. 
Like people are just free to cover any topic or any angle, come up with any argument, raise any issue they have, a free and open exchange of ideas, not policed in any way, not surveilled in any way. Like, you know, I'm going to be fair here. The liberal expression of free uh, free speech. Liberal in a classic sense. For me, that's healthy conversation. For other people, healthy conversation is conversation being monitored in order to change the way people think so they never raise any kind of issue or never speak any kind, any never never any kind of utterance which may in some way, shape or form break the rules of what healthy conversation is. That's That to me is horrifying. That like... <laughs> People flying flags in their backyards does not keep me up at night. This kind of shit, let's be fair, I don't sleep a lot. But if anything was to keep me up at night, it would be something like this. Examples of the kind of microaggressions the chosen candidates will likely overhear include, so they give they, they give their race equality champions a worksheet and say, here's some of the things that you may encounter on your daily patrols around the campus and mingling with your friends. Can you tell can you tell your friends that you are part of the racial microaggression equality champion police force? I would have thought no. Like it's going to have to be a secret, isn't it? Because if everybody knows that you're part of the police that are policing language and walking around trying to overhear microaggressions, see that they they want the chilling effect. They want everybody to think, it's it really is, they want everybody to think that there is a secret police member around every corner. So you must check your language constantly. You must constantly be thinking about what you say and who you say it to, regardless of intention. You must be constantly walking around on eggshells because somebody might be listening, students. There may be a race equality champion hiding under the desk waiting so you can't be too careful. Make sure that you're constantly within the bounds of what healthy conversation is. Mm-hmm. You never know. There might be somebody waiting. Fucking terrifying. Terrifying. So I imagine you can't announce yourself as a race equality champion because then your friends would know. And it would be like that scene... You know, you're at a house party or something, or you're you're at people are gathered in a circle, and it's like, so I says I says to this guy, I says to this guy, you know, hey man, when this black guy walks in, I want you to, oh oh hi hi Jeremy, hey what's going on? What are you talking about? Nothing. We were just talking about, you know, um, um, I got some black thighs when I went to the store. Black thighs? What do you mean? I you know, like I bought some chicken thighs. And they were like double packed and the thighs underneath the top thighs were like black. So they were probably like out of date or something. And I'm really annoyed. Really? All these people? I saw, I saw you all laughing a second ago. I thought someone was telling a joke or something. No, 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 definitely not. Definitely not. No, no, we don't tell jokes. We we just stand around talking about, you know, groceries and stuff. That's what we are. We're like the grocery club. You know, there's the chess club and the drama club and the computer club. This is the grocery club. We just get together and talk about groceries. 
I, sh- I, th- I thought I heard, you know, somebody about a black guy working. No, no, man. No, no. You got me all wrong, man. You got this all wrong, bro. I would never say anything like that. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, do you guys want to go, you know, hang out? Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've got a thing that I have to watch over there. Sorry, Jeremy. Neither the intention of the student making... Oh, we didn't go through the examples. Uh, Here are some of the examples. Stop making everything a race issue. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) That's an example of a racist microaggression that will be policed. Is you saying, stop making everything a race issue when this is literally a race issue. So being against... The microaggression... Well, it's not really a race race issue, is it? It's more like a free speech issue. It's a free expression issue. It's a free thought issue. (laughs) But if you stand against... On campus, if you stand against the microaggression secret police and you say to the microaggression secret police officer, hey, stop making everything a race issue. You're taking things out of context. What I said had nothing to do with race. That was not my intention. Stop making everything a race issue. They'll like write you up for a ticket. (laughs) Because they make opposition to the policy illegal itself. So here's the legal thing and what you can and can't say, but also being against the policy is also illegal. That's how you eradicate free expression. That's how you eradicate genuine debate. By saying any kind of debate is breaking the rules. That's the kind of shit that keeps me up at night. Imagine if you would for a second, uh, the Democrats win the presidency, the House and the Senate, and then pass a law that says voting against the Democrats comes with life in prison. If you, if you, if you challenge a Democrat in public, you will be arrested. It's the, it's the same wheelhouse, just on a different level. If you challenge this new law that has microaggression secret police wandering around trying to eavesdrop on your conversations to see if you say something that somebody somewhere could potentially find offensive if you don't like that then you're breaking the rules other examples are why are you searching for things to be offended about i'm not joking like this this is the quote i will have this uh referenced in the show notes as always on the podbean website uh boogiebumper.podbean.com if you go to the episode listings you'll be able to get this link. Why are you searching for things to be offended about is an example of something that somebody will be offended about. It is fucking amazing. Like I said, the the island is shrinking every day. <laughs> somebody the guy talking about the black chicken thighs. I'm sorry, did you did you know that uh saying that black chicken thighs uh, out of date can be offensive to somebody. That's a microaggression. And that person then retorts by saying, hey, man, come on. This is the grocery club. I was talking about groceries. Why are you searching for things to be offended about? Well, there's another one. There's another one on the list. I wasn't sure about the first one, but now you said that, now I'm sure. Now I'm sure you're breaking the rules. <sighs> I thought universities were supposed to challenge things. I thought... Universities were for the best and brightest amongst us. Where are you really from is another one. 
I don't want to hear about your holiday to South Africa. That's a microaggression. <laughs> because apparently if somebody takes a holiday to South Africa, you have to listen to it now. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Telling people you don't want to hear about their vacation story is a Western civilization tradition. When people get in there and they want to show you photos, oh, this is this is where Sally went to the beach and this is where we got some lovely ice creams down in the town. There's a lovely shop there. Uh, a man named Johannes ran the, ran the ice cream store. He let us take photos in there saying, I don't want to look at these fucking photos of your shitty holiday. That's a, that's a tradition. That should be, you know, that should be enshrined. That should be never challenged. I don't want to hear about your holiday. <gasps> this guy's a fucking racist. <laughs> it's funny too. We've got to be honest with each other here, guys. It's like every time we think, surely it can't get any worse. Surely they can't go any more crazy. You've said this yourself. I know you have. I've said it a million times. I've asked, is this it? Are we at peak insanity? Are we at the absolute top of the tree and it's only downhill from here? I was saying it in 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and now I'm saying it again in 2020. Is this peak insanity? I'm more blackpilled now. I don't think there is peak insanity. I just think it keeps going until it caves in on itself. Like, there, there is no like slow calm down. It's just going to keep going forever and ever and ever. And the only thing that will possibly change is the amount of people who are willing to go along with it. That might change, but the, the insanity part, that's going to be there forever. Whether or not we listen to these people, that might change, but they will be there. They will continue going crazy. They will continue ramping up the insanity for the rest of our lives. And they will either win or the shrinking island of sane people will begin to grow outward once again. These are the only two options. Neither the intention of the student making those remarks nor the interpretation put on them by anyone else involved in the conversation count for anything. According to the team at Sheffield, bad thoughts lie behind these statements. Bad thoughts. This is the university policy, ladies and gentlemen. Bad thoughts. And this is this is the key. Like I often say, thought and language are like ballroom dancers, right? You can't have one without the other. Language leads thought around the room. So, you know, when people say they're killing free speech, I say, no, no, no. They're killing free thought. They're killing independent thought by strangling free speech. Do you, do you follow me? They're cutting off the oxygen to the brain by strangling free speech. The brain is th free expression, free thought. That's what they're killing. Because it's like, if we eradicate the words, it, 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 I hate I hate using 1984 references because everybody says, this is 1984, this is 1984. It is so cliched. So I really, I'm loathed to do it. I love the book, don't get me wrong. But I just think it's like a cliched thing to say because you see it all the time. But this is literally <laughs> 1984 shit. 
they, they, by eradicating the language, they're trying to eradicate the thought behind it. They admit that in their own policy. Again, at the university, we're trying to get rid of bad thoughts. Thank you for the ice creams, guys. Horrifying. Again, at a university. <laughs> we can conclude from this that mind reading will be high up on the job description. The Spiked always has a little tinge of sarcasm to it, which is another reason why I love it. We can conclude from this that mind reading will be high up on the, t on the job description for wannabe race equality champions. They will, after all, be expected to uncover offence where it is not intended and then go on to change the way the culprits think. Potential applicants will also require great hearing to listen in on other people's conversations. They will need an odd combination of extreme sensitivity to offence alongside a high degree of insensitivity to interrupting conversations. <laughs> to point out exactly where the speakers went wrong. Presumably, candidates will also have to sit some kind of test to prove their own thought purity. That's a very good point. How do we know that the people applying for the role aren't secretly racist themselves? How do we know that the people applying for the role might unintentionally say the wrong thing from time to time? We can't have that. It would be like hiring somebody to the police force who is an armed robber. You can't have that. We can't have this guy on the force. He wants to rob old ladies on the street. Or at least he told us he does. We mustn't allow this. The same thing applies here. Have you ever uttered something that may be considered offensive? Well, I don't think so. Can you just fill out this form and write down everything you've ever said for your entire life so we can review your history of uttering things? Kimmy in the chat, 100% on it. Thought purity is a terrifying phrase, isn't it? Isn't it? We need to purge disagreeable thought. We need to eradicate disagreeable thought. We need to destroy dangerous ideas crush them it's it's so authoritarian it's beyond authoritarian but like we always say these things are always wrapped up in a nice package with a nice pretty bow on it oh no the race equality champions are just promoting healthy conversation that's when you know the propagandists are in control we're paying people to secretly listen to secretly eavesdrop on private conversations in order to pick up things which may unintentionally be offensive in order to literally purify the thoughts of our students. How do they say it? Oh, we're employing race equality champions to help promote healthy conversation. That's that's how propaganda works right there. Amberlina in the chat, this would make Hitler blush. This would make Goebbels stand up and clap. <laughs> The propaganda minister for the Nazi party would be Gotten Himmel. These Yankees are onto something. These Yankees are fucking brilliant. How come I did not think of this? Hmm? This is wonderful. I will tell Zephira immediately. Oh, Führer. Herr, Herr Hitler. The Americans have come. Oh, it's not the Americans. It's, it's the British. The British have come up with a wonderful way of policing their students. They're calling them race equality champions. This is wonderful. This is a tremendous idea. Oh, Hitler, Herr Hitler. I have an 
amazing idea from the British. <laughs> Just bravo, Britain. Bravo. We need to purify the thoughts of the students. Did you hear this? Do you hear this? These people are brilliant. Why are we, why are we bombing them? Bomb everything around the university. We will keep the university clear. They're already trained in the university. They, they, they could teach us a thing or two. <laughs> just just bomb around. Bomb around is. <laughs> fucking terrifying. Terrifying. What can we do? Uh, let me show you this guy. I thought this guy was good. I don't know. You might have seen this already. I'm not sure. This man's reaction to a violent kebab shop brawl has become an instant meme. The 57-second clip, which was shared on Twitter in the early hours of Saturday morning, <coughs> pardon me, the video sees a mass brawl breakout between a group of men in Ken's Kebabs on Albert Road, Portsmouth. Uh, as the fight escalated, people's attention was drawn to one man who was sitting alone in the fast food outlet, calmly eating his food and looking at his phone, not bothered by the chaos that was erupting around him. So I thought, well, I must have a look at this guy. Let's have a look. Oh, sorry. Fucking Twitter videos, man. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> this guy is the Zen master. He didn't he didn't jump out of his chair, he didn't move chairs. He's just staring and chewing. <laughs> oh fucking kill you. Oh, ketchup. I got some ketchup over here. Salt and pepper to you, please. A bit of salt. Thank you. Just like one of those moves where he just shifts his head out of the way as a chair comes flying past. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of guy that I want running government departments. I don't want the people that purify thoughts. I want this. So calm you don't even know if he has a pulse. That's what I want. <laughs> You could you could see his uh, cheeks expanding as he chews. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> this guy is great. Like matched up against the first guy we saw, the angry guy with the Nazi flag. Can we get the two of them together at a bar? You know you're in for a good time. Kimmy says that would be you. <laughs> he has not moved a muscle. <laughs> oh, yes, they're on his table now. They're on his table as he sticks his fork into his meal. Just slowly keeps eating it. There's, there's now physical violence on the table that he's eating from. 
He hasn't flinched. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> stay down, stay down. They're punching him in the head. Dips his chip. You go deal. Just slowly dips his chip in the sauce again. <laughs> He's got to be our hero of the week, I think. Love this guy. Wonderful. Okay. What have we got now? Oh, this was sent through by Amberlina on the Discord. Thank you so much, Amberlina. Crazy video. Florida woman bites deputies, bites deputies. I think, shouldn't that be IES? I don't know. Bites deputies during arrest, causing the officer to pass out. That's what happens when you try to arrest a vampire. Duh. Wait till daytime and get them when they're asleep in the coffin, man. Fuck. Did you not go through basic training? Deputies responded to 58 Brookside Lane in Palm Coast. It's a yes. What the fuck is going on in Florida, Troy? It's been a while. Deputies made contact with 38-year-old Cherie Saunders in the driveway of her residence with her makeup smeared, no shoes, slurred speech, and a heavy scent of alcohol coming from her person. During the investigation into the disturbance, it was determined that Saunders had slapped a male resident inside the home. While deputies were attempting to resolve the situation, Saunders became extremely argumentative and would not cooperate with the investigation. Saunders approached a deputy in a threatening manner. Saunders began kicking and screaming when deputies attempted to secure her in, in handcuffs. That'll happen. I've been saying this for a long time. Why don't the police have tranquilizer guns? <laughs> Forget about real forget about real bullets, forget about tasers. Why not tranquilizer darts? Like enough to take down an elephant. <laughs> the toxins will be circulating in their system within seconds. That's off. That's all you need. Take that bitch down. <laughs> During the struggle, one deputy was bit by Saunders on his right calf and she refused to release her bite hold until another deputy was able to free her grip on his leg. Imagine that. A fully grown woman is chomped down on your calf muscle. He can't shake her off. The police officer, with his training and everything, the strength, obviously, that he's got over a 38-year-old, you know, slender woman. She's just locked on like a pit bull terrier. The other guy has to come over and pry her mouth off his leg. That is a bite, man. <laughs> it resulted in a two-inch mark, you girl. Oh, come on. It's just a bruise. What are you worried about? <laughs> Which immediately showed broken skin, swelling, and bruising. Moments later, the deputy who was bitten began to fell ill and lost consciousness. He was transported to the hospital for a medical evaluation. I must look. Get the fuck off my goddamn property right now. We've, we've seen a couple of these stories tonight, huh? We've got, we've got the guy with the Nazi flag. Get the fuck off my lawn. And now we've got this, you know, the Phantom Midnight Biter. Get the fuck off. She warned him. She tried to warn him. Get the fuck off Man, my property. Man, we're trying to no, make... No, you know what? Get the fuck off my goddamn property. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know what? I'm count to three and I will be fucking liable. Ma'am, come talk to us. Ma'am. All right, bye-bye, Felicia's. 
is she really trying to give the police the naughty kid count? She really... (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard anybody do that before. Have you? I can't recall anybody trying that with the police. Uh, Miss, these these police are not your children. They have guns. They can shoot you. (laughs) Look... I'm going to give you to the count of three to get the fuck to your room. Okay? One. And the coppers are standing there looking at each other. Uh, Miss, miss. Two. Miss, it really doesn't work that way. You need to. Two and a half. (laughs) Listen to this. I've never never heard anybody try this. You know what? I'm going to count to three and I will be fucking liable for every fucking guy DMs at one. Ma'am, come talk to us. Ma'am, come talk to us. No, you know what? No. Ma'am, come talk to us. Do not step over this line. (laughs) You want to fucking play your shit? No. 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 Ah, there they come. Here they come. You want to fucking play, huh? Getting in the face of the cop. That doesn't matter now, sweetheart, you see. <laughs> doesn't matter now. Now he's touching you. Now he's got your arms. Like the, the equation has changed, I'm afraid, my dear. My brave vampress. I can touch you. No, you know what? You fucking now, now she slapped him. That's, that's all they need, isn't it? At that point. Like even if they're trying to subdue her, if she slaps one of them in the face, then the cops are like, okay, green light, we've got to go. We've got to roll. You know, I can't, I can't, you know, I don't like shit like this. I don't like, you know, people getting arrested in their own garage and stuff. I'm not a fan of that. But I mean, once the cops got your arm, it's, it's probably wiser to not slap him in the face. I'm just trying to think logically through this. Come here. Come here. You know what? You know what? Because now they can get you for assaulting a cop, right? I Thank you, thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Where did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? Chill out, you get the- Chill out man. Fuck. Chill out, bro. I didn't fucking do Chill anything. Out. Dude, I didn't fucking do anything. Dude, I didn't do anything. Oh, that nearly fucking shattered my wine glass. <laughs> And, and now the mother has become the child. <laughs> 30 seconds ago, she was like, I've, I'm giving you three seconds to put the toy down, like to the kid in the store, right? One, two, two and a half. And now imagine if the kid picks up the store, if you then turn to the mother and the mother is on their back going, It's been a complete role reversal. Role playing sex with this woman must be fucking off the hook, man. She will go from dominatrix to submissive like that. <laughs> it's really mother to child in the space of 30 seconds. Now she's kicking on the floor, screaming. Stop resisting. Stop resisting. 
fight you or no? I hate you, I hate you! I hate you! I hate you! <laughs> I, I should laugh, but fuck it. <laughs> you keep on my goddamn property! I am fucking you! This, now she's starting to morph into the vampire, I think. Can you hear the, you know, the the uh, the huskiness in the voice adjust? I am fucking doing it. While she's talking like that, the fangs are starting to grow slowly. It's only when she's put under pressure that she morphs into her vampire. Fire! Whoa! <laughs> Fire! I didn't do anything! You know what? I didn't fucking do anything! Fuck you, bitch! I didn't fucking do anything on my goddamn property! I didn't fucking do anything! You know what? Beep, beep. Oh, I've got to call the wife. I've got to pick up the kid from school. <laughs> Thank you for the diamond, UK Neil. Much appreciated. The fucking property, fucking. Can we unlock it? You know? Yeah. You know what the fucking property? Fucking fuck, goddamn. Goddamn. Fucking injury. Watch fucking your hands. Your hands gonna pop out. They will fucking shove that shit. Bjorn in the chat says, this is the exorcist. Shit. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. Soon her head's going to be turning 360 degrees around on her shoulders. <laughs> Not going to lie. I think it's hot. I didn't do shit. You did shit. Oh, I didn't do shit. Can we get yeah. You <laughs> I think if you say, I think the way this works is if you say I didn't do shit uh, 13 times, then they turn into rabbits. I think that's how it works. I think that's how this spell works. Bitch! It was fucking you! I didn't do shit! <laughs> Fuck you! It's my gun! She's got a set of lungs on her. I'll give her that. Damn it! <laughs> she could be singing for Iron Maiden. You fucking asshole. It was fucking you. I fucking did it. Get the fuck out of my goddamn fucking hey, garage. Stop. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of my goddamn garage. Fuck you. Fuck Close you, bitch out. asshole. Close out. There she goes. Now she she's hooked on. Yes, fine. Finally. Finally, something happens. Oh, you can you can hear the sound of her gnawing. Like, check this out. <laughs> you can actually hear the moment when her teeth break the skin of the guy's leg, and then it sounds like you know, it's like that. It's the sound of like a lion feasting on the ass of a deer. It's, but you just got to listen carefully, but you can hear it. Like, I'm wearing a good set of cans. If you've got good headphones, you'll probably pick it up. But it's a little bit like, ah, oh, fuck it, get here. And then you hear the, and then it's like. <laughs> that is the sound of incisors gnawing on human flesh. Like I said, we cover the serious news here. This is the real news. This is where people come when they want to stay informed. <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck
Rat Hunter says she's probably possessed. I, I don't know. She may just be motivated by the saltiness of human flesh. I mean, we've all been there. It is very tasty. Am I the only... Oh. No, you haven't tried? Oh. Oh, no, 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 I've never done it. It's just, just, just kidding around. No, of course, I'm, I would never eat human flesh. Come on, man. It's like, it's, it's like totally crazy. I would never, never ever do that. Fucking some fighting. Man. I don't know. To me, it looks like a tequila. It doesn't look like a brown liquor. I think it's a tequila that does that. Tequila is an angry drink. You know what I mean? All right. <laughs> well, we'll stay with boozy chicks. I've been wanting to get to this one for a while. If the if the cool, calm, collected cat in the kebab shop is our is our king of the ball tonight, I want to present to you the queen of the prom, the queen of the dance for tonight's edition of the Daily Boogie. Boozy woman, 20, begged men for Mile High Club sex before biting crew. Another bite. We've got another biter. In a four-hour rampage on an Etihad flight. <laughs> There's the lovely young lady. I think I'm in love. A boozy plane passenger asked men to join her in the Mile High Club. She's just walking around the plane. Hey, will you come and fuck me in the toilets? There are, there are so many, like, 19-year-old men who dream of this scenario every day. God, why wasn't I on this flight? A, a busy plane passenger asked men to join her in the Mile High Club. Is it a sad reflection of modern society that nobody took her up on the offer? Where are all the men? Where are all the real men? Come on, some drunk stranger is asking you for anonymous sex on a plane and you said no? What are you, gay? <laughs> Demi Burton caused chaos as she flew back to the UK from Abu Dhabi after drinking too much red wine. So if she was in Abu Dhabi, I'm not sure, does Abu Dhabi have an alcohol ban? I know some of those countries, they do have an alcohol ban, but they don't really enforce it in like touristy areas. They don't really, you know, there are nightclubs for Westerners and stuff where you can go and drink, but technically it's banned in the city. So maybe she was just like letting her hair down. <laughs> just, just chilling. The 20 year old shouted, you may as well just land the plane now then because she couldn't have, nobody would have sex with her. It's like, well, put me down. I'll find somebody on the tarmac. I don't give a fuck. I will find the guy with the big sticks. They could be fun. We could use them. A, co a court heard it then took six crew members and passengers to restrain her as she tried to headbutt and kick them. And she was arrested uh, when the plane landed in Manchester. Ah, she's a Manchester girl. <laughs> Drew Jackson's date the chat. I'm as hard as the plane they're flying in. Prosecuting Miss Claire Brocklebank said, it appears she was drunk before getting on the flight and she started making a number of inappropriate sexual comments to a number of male passengers on the flight. Two in particular remember hearing comments at first they laughed it off, but then it became more and more increasingly inappropriate and she asked them to join the Mile High Club. Air stewardess Fowler name said in a statement, it was a stressful situation, but you know what's great for relieving stress, right? 
this could have been solved in the first five minutes if one of the men had have stood up, stay, you know, if one of the men had have stood proud and taken one for the team, maybe this, uh, you know, horny, drunken, chaotic woman may not have disrupted my my in-flight meal. Have you considered that? Somebody needs to take responsibility. <laughs> Whilst I, whilst I tried to remain calm and professional, this is the stewardess, it's not acceptable for crew members to be treated this way. And it's not fair on the other passengers to witness things like this. As a result of her being verbally, uh, verbally abusive towards me and assaulting, I couldn't eat or drink anything whilst the flight was going. I told you. I told you. Somebody could have just, you know, laid some pipe and this, this whole tragedy would have been averted. She would have ended up sleeping it off. Maybe you would have to le let her have a cigarette in the toilet to just bring her down afterwards, but that's it. <clears throat> a little breaking of the rules goes a long way. It's, it'll satisfy most impulses. Burton from Carrington near Manchester had been travelling home with a, from a, a three-month trip to Australia. Hey! <laughs> look at this. Look at this. Before, she, before her holiday, she was probably... Daddy's little girl, the apple of her mother's eye, probably a straight A student, a virgin, never done anything wrong, works a quaint little job to pay for her schooling, bakes cookies for the church, um, helps volunteers at the Girl Scouts, right? Goes down to the old folks' home, makes them soup, listens to their stories, pats their head, pats their pillows before they go to sleep. She's everybody's favorite girl next door. She spends three months in Australia, on the way home, she's already drunk by the time she gets on the plane. She starts begging random men for sex in the toilet. She then has to be crash tackled by six crew members before she bites them. <laughs> That's what three months in Australia will do to you. And a prouder moment on air I have not had. <clears throat> God, God damn this fucking beautiful country. God, I love what we do down here. <clears throat> She claimed she had been drinking as she had a fear of flying. <laughs> I'm so terrified of flying. Maybe, maybe some dick will get my mind off it. <laughs> the rampage began on May 9, shortly after the flight EY21 had taken off from the United Arab Emirates. A consultant anesthesiast traveling on the flight, very convenient, who, had, who was bitten on the elbow and head-butted, as he helped to restrain Burton, claimed it was worse than working in A&E. Worse than working in the emergency department. I told it's an emergency. Somebody needs to get me laid now. Defence lawyer Martin Callery said, she is thoroughly ashamed of herself. Don't be. You should be proud. <laughs> and because she is remorseful, she is utterly embarrassed at the way she behaved. It is completely out of character. I told you, she's a sweet girl. As far as she is concerned, she went to Australia to get away from her family who have behaved towards her from her early years in a very controlling and abusive way. So there you have it. If, if, you're, if you feel like you're being restricted, ladies and gentlemen, if you feel like you're being controlled, if you feel like you can't really break free, then head on down here. Head on down to sweet little Australia with, where within three months you will turn into a vampiric, alcoholic, sex-crazed lunatic. That's what we can offer you. Sure, other countries may have, you know, other sights to see. There may be some culture to absorb in Europe. There may be some fun to have in the US of A. There may be some ancient monuments to see in the Middle East. 
there may be some wonderful picturesque plains and jungles in Africa. But down here in Australia, we offer you sex-crazed alcoholism. <laughs> and I don't know, I'm not sure that can be beat. I'm not sure we can do much better than that. Uh, Thank you for coming. coming. I'll see you in hell. Let's do one more item here. Let's do one more item. We've spoken about racism. We've talked about microaggressions. I'm not sure how much I'm going to watch of this, but it, it is funny to me because people never talk about these trends in other parts of the world, right? So things like take dreadlocks, for example. So now apparently if you're white, you're not allowed to have braids in your hair because that's racist, right? Because you're appropriating. Uh, you're not allowed to wear certain things on, on events like Halloween, for example. You can't do that. So there's a whole now there's a whole list of unwritten rules just swirling around, wedging people against each other constantly, making people double think everything that they do, say, and act. And the rules are not they're ambiguous in nature because they want us to act within ourselves instead of being ourselves. So I do find it funny when I see stories like this pop up. Because because they, these kinds of things, to me, shatter that stuff in new and exciting ways. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Unfair, it's called. If you're listening to the podcast, we're seeing basically like a Bollywood film set. Any Bollywood fans in the audience? Anyone Anyone a fan of Bollywood films? Get the fuck out. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, the costume lady just offered me extra boobs. So uh, this is Gianna Taboni. Taboni. <laughs> Sorry. What am I, 16? Huh? What's the name? Huh? To bony. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I declined. She declined extra boobs. How do I look? Good? Can give me your upper body a little bit front of the camera. Yeah. Not bad. I do, I do love it. Bollywood soundtracks, don't you? I can't. I'm already. I already feel like my snake is being charmed. Do, 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 do. My hips are moving, and I don't know why. My shoulders are shaking left to right, and I can't control them. What is happening to me? This is a modeling shoot for an Indian company that sells. Space Force droid in the chat to bone me, huh? Am I right? Additional Indian <laughs> clothes to the Indian market. Nice to meet you. Your makeup looks beautiful. Yeah. Where are you guys? Why, she doesn't look Indian at all. Bum, bum, bum. I, th I think the host of this show is about to commit a microaggression, though. Nice to meet you. Your makeup looks beautiful. Yeah. Where are you guys from? Ukraine. The Ukraine. They're from the Ukraine. 
But if if say if this was filmed on the set of if this was filmed on a set which is which was in Sheffield University, the woman asking the question "Where are you guys from?" would now be arrested by the secret microaggression police. It's the it's so much irony. I'm choking on the irony. This is a video that has been put together in order to show how it's unfair and racist, like there's racial standards because uh, they want Indians to look more white, right? So they try. that's why they're bringing in girls from the Ukraine and dressing them like Indians. This is what we'll get to at some point. They're saying, oh, no, no, we need white. We need people who look more white. More white is more pretty. So they're saying like it's unfair racial standards. But in making a documentary about unfair racial standards, they have to commit microaggressions. <laughs> and, they, and these people never consider the, the next level He's of what they want. Drifters. Oh, thank you for the subducts, Regionist. Much appreciated. They never consider the next step. Doc Sexy in the chat calls it colorism. I like that. The, the, the thing that we are creating, the thing that we are creating is literally going to be, the, it's Frankenstein. It's going to kill us. It's going to go on a rampage. We were saying this years ago. You know, all of these rules that you're trying to make will eventually come back to haunt you. <laughs> Shut up. That's what a racist would say. No, no, that's only racists say things like that. Uh, I'm, I'm now. Can you could you excuse me, please? I, can't you see I'm filming a documentary about racism? Okay, go ahead. So where are you girls from? And they're like alarms drop out of the ceiling. God, get what the hell? But I'm filming a documentary. I'm gonna. You've been overheard by the the racial equality champions. You have been fined five hundred euros. Well, I didn't do anything. Denial is still. A kind of microaggression. Ukraine, okay. The See Ukraine. Here, there are no Indian models. I don't know. I'm looking through the catalog. I'm wondering why don't they use Indian women? There is a lot of amazing Indian models, you know? Yeah. Working, who work in like in There's a lot of amazing Indian models. I, I've got to admit, I do find the Eastern Bloc style of talking alluring. Like if I could have any other accent, I think it would be from that part of the world. Thank you for the diamond gypsy. Fair did you steal the diamond gypsy? The Eastern Bloc way of talking, it's like it's so cold and emotionless. If I could hand pick an accent, but still speak English, obviously, I think it would be like Russian, Ukrainian or something. I might go Finnish. Because like the most exciting, the most outrageous thing could happen. The most dramatic thing could happen. You know, the building that you're in collapses just as you walk out the front door. And they'll turn around and say, it, it, it seems as though this, uh, this building was not on uh, stable ground. <laughs> it's completely devoid of any highs and lows. I love it. So cold and factual. Paris in New York, you know, but they're not working here. But they're not working here. <laughs> so the, they export the Indian models to Paris and New York and London because in Paris and New York and London, they're obsessed with diversity. So they have to import models from India. But on the flip side, again, so much irony. We're choking on irony here today. 
The irony is in India, they have to import the Europeans because they want white models in India and in London and the rest of Europe, they want darker skin models. (laughs) (laughs) The two groups of models are literally flying past each other in the air, probably drunk on red wine, trying to have sex with random men on the flight. <laughs> where are you where are you modeling this weekend? I'm going to Paris. Oh good. And the girl from Paris, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to your country. <laughs> Wouldn't it be so much more convenient if the models could model locally? No, no, we can't have that. We need diversity and higher shares for for airplane companies. That's what we need. Everything's about skin. I think so. Everything's about skin. Why aren't there Indian Why are you making everything? There's another microaggression. Remember, why are you making everything about race was one of the committable, was one of the offences that you could be arrested for by the microaggression secret police, otherwise known as the equality champions. So she's, she's now strike two and we're only 90 seconds in. If she were on Sheffield University, she would have been kicked out of school by now. Models. Indian models are not fair like this much. Indian models are not fair this much. They're on the fairer, fairer look only. Just a little bit touch of Indian look. Little bit touch of Indian look. It's an open. Then, then just put her in an Uber. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Secret in India that fair skin is seen as the beauty ideal. But for anyone hoping to become a bald. No, no, they want white people who just look a little bit Indian. Okay, well, let's just shoot it in a 7 Eleven then. Hollywood star, it can feel more like. Save a lot of money on air travel. Like a job requirement. So, this is uh, audition messages. So, big production, fair skin or normal skin, I think, okay, but good looking. Good so, looking. Kartik is showing me all of the casting calls over email and at the you know first line of all. See that music again. pelvis is moving. I can't help it. All of them, it's either fair or very fair. Deport! So you're like Bollywood's casting director. Yes, but I started as an acting teacher. Mm. My company comes forth in Bollywood. So everybody comes. Well, I'll I'll just kind of be uh, (laughs) standing. Henry St. George Tucker in the chat. To anyone hoping to be a Bollywood actor, move to the Ukraine. (laughs) Next to you, maybe yes. your sidekick. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking outrageous, isn't it? We're exporting the models from India to the Europe, and we're importing the models from Europe to India in order to satisfy what we want. In Europe, we want the diversity. In India, they want the white girls. We don't want the white girls anymore. We're like, nah, fuck it, you have them. We don't want, we got too many white girls. Get rid of them. We have an excess of white girls. In fact, we need, we need to bring in a quota so we don't have too many white girls. We need to restrict access for the white girls because we're so sick of the white girls. Get rid of the white, white girls. So all the white models are now staying around going, where the hell am I supposed to go? It's like, it's okay. A plane load of Indian women just flew in. Why don't you get on the empty plane and fly back to fucking, you know, <laughs> fly back to Bombay? Off you go. That sounds like a great idea. I'm on my way. It's my pleasure. Well, let's get started. Yeah, we'll start. So what types of actors are you looking for? Two main leads, like bride and groom. Hey, baby, where are you? I like this guy. I'm back. I want to propose you, but I'm not ready for wedding. So I want to propose you. I know he will not get selected. 
Oh, come on. Guy had star quality all written all over him. The clients has tell us that he should be 5'10 above. Heightism. So not only is, it, is there racism rampant in Bollywood films, there's also heightism. Fair looking, very dashing look. <sighs> I tell you, there's too much racism in India. Who would have thought? Hello. Hello. <laughs> hey, baby, I'm home. I mean, I want to propose you, but I'm not ready for the marriage. Overact up. It's the Jim Carrey of Indian shampoo commercials. Not good. Oh. Baby, I'm home. The look was not going. The acting was not going. Nothing was going. So if somebody's... Uh... Is there a gun on the wall behind him? Oh, I was going to say, it looked like the butt of a rifle. The look was not going. The... It is It is a rifle. Look at that. So they're racist, they're heightist, and they're gun nuts. The Bollywood scene, ladies and gentlemen, is starting to sound like 1950s small town USA to me. <laughs> Gee, where can I go just to find some tall, good-looking men, some white European girls, and people who like guns? India, <laughs> it seems. Not not the Europe, not the United States. We've got yeah. Now you've got to go to India to live the American lifestyle. <laughs> The acting was not going, nothing was going. So if somebody's <laughs> Radada, it's to keep them in line. <laughs> like he doesn't he doesn't have to hold her any. If the actors aren't playing the role that he wants, he just looks over his shoulder at the gun on the wall. Why don't we try that take again? For the last time, hopefully, please, if you could, do it properly this time. A great actor, but they have a dark complexion. Will you hire them? Uh, yes, we hire them only if the client says key, we need a dark complexion. Mm -hmm. What the clients has tell us, we need a fair complexion. Hey, baby. Hi. Hey, baby. Much. We are doing everything. Trust me. I mean, propose. I was thinking about it, but. Just give me one minute. Is complete script kuch bhi nahi thi. There was no script, but perfect. But it was perfect. Huh? How about that? There was no script. You didn't. He's like, I didn't even read the script. I didn't read the script, but it was perfect. <clears throat> that should be a lesson to up and comers. That should be a lesson for people who are trying to get noticed in Bollywood. Be Ukrainian, one. Be a tall Ukrainian who doesn't read the script and you're more likely to get hired. It's getting fucking wild about a minute. <laughs> so as you can see here in the waiting room, we have a whole bunch of very talented Indian actors. <clears throat> oh, okay, good. Who did you end up hiring? I hired the tall European who didn't read the script. Uh oh and he's a director. <laughs> Girl is very beautiful. <laughs> More on in the chat. Perfect phone call. She's very good looking. <laughs> and the guy is very good looking. Very beautiful. It's a perfect call. Very good call. Very good phone call. I haven't had any complaints about the phone call. It didn't even read the script. It was a perfect call. He is a perfect choice because, um, again, he is a fair skin. So he comes in upmarket. <clears throat> okay. I will cast this one.
They both got the gig. They both got the gig. See, I thought this was going to be like a documentary about racism in Bollywood, but it turns out that it's a documentary on the unusual hiring practices of Bollywood directors. They don't go with the Indian people in India who read the script and prepare for the part. They go with the Ukrainians who don't read the script and just make it all up. (laughs) You're hired. Love this guy. All right. That might bring us to the end of the Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I probably won't be back until about Sunday night with the Flying Hawaiian, James R. on Trust and Verify. So please join us for that, probably about 11 p.m. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to compliment me on my fair skin and Indian acting skills, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Uh, don't forget to follow our friends at Real Person PLTCS, at ChrisMC44, at YCensored underscore, uh, no underscore, at YCensored. Thank you, Rat Hunter. Thank you for the diamonds, Rat Hunter. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of fucking grifter in the chat. <laughs> uh, YCensored, at UK Neil, the Beard of Truth, ladies and gentlemen. Please follow the Beard of Truth, Jason Lyon. Uh, anyone else I might have forgotten. Uh, winning TV, don't forget Winning TV. <clears throat> Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. I am opening the chest right now. <laughs>